Hello and welcome to episode 57 of Shoulder to Shoulder Podcast, telling stories from the LAFC community match by match, fan by fan, story by story. We are privileged today to have a member of the Leon Podcast community here with us in studio. Joining us all the way from Leon, Guanajuato is Louis Olnick. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Really great to be here. What a pleasure it is to have you up here. For those of you who are not familiar with Louis, he is one of the co-hosts of the Lion's Den podcast. For at the Lion's Den podcast or at Club Leon EN, you do an English podcast about Leon. We do. We are the first English language podcast to have ever existed, talking exclusively about Club Leon. So we'll get in a little bit more as to how you became an English-speaking person in <laughs> Leon, a person uh, who does not have any Mexican descent, as you've Correct. intimated. Yes. <laughs> if you're interested in following Louis, it's at Louis R.S. Olnick on Twitter. That's at L-O-U-I-S-R-S-O-L-E-N-I-C-K. So, Did you, get all that? Did you guys get all that? <laughs> yeah, that was, yes. <laughs> or hashtag Fiero Viajero. Oh, I like that. Oh. That's cool. Yeah. There you go. I like if that. You, if you put in that hashtag, you'll find all my posts. Dude, you could yeah. fool me, man. Your Spanish sounds pretty good. It is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I was a Spanish part of the Spanish language Club Leon community before the English language Club Leon community. I didn't have a ton of opportunity to speak in English about Club Leon before, up until fairly recently. I'm happy to be on the ground floor of that. But it did start out as just part of the regular Spanish language community. Yes, I, I do I do have the Spanish thing going as well. Well, before <laughs> we actually do get into the, the whole thing about, you know, you being part of the Club Leon podcast, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about yourself. Where'd you grow up? Mm-hmm. How did you get introduced to, you know, as Jonathan likes to call it, the beautiful game? And, <laughs> you know, what, what, you know, what brought you to Mexico? Uh, born and raised in Portland, Oregon, the suburbs of Portland, Oregon, USA. My background is neither in sports nor in journalism, but classical music, if you can believe that. What uh, instrument? Bachelor's and master's in trombone performance. Wow. Uh, University of Oregon graduate, go Ducks. Undergraduate, Northwestern University, go Wildcats, go Cats. Master's degree. Oh, wow. So you're a Northwest kid through and through. Um, I, well, yeah. I'm a Northwest kid by way of Chicago a few years, but my yeah. ancestry is from that part of the country. So. Got it. Yeah, those are those those are my two U.S. connections, and uh, I studied to be an orchestral musician. That's what I studied to do. But I always grew up loving sports, not soccer specifically. That's the curious element of this. My first love was the Portland Trailblazers of the NBA. Mm-hmm. My dad had a share of season tickets back when they played in the old Memorial Coliseum in Portland, and uh, four or five years old back when the team was really good with Clyde Drexler and all those guys. Yeah. We. We're just having a blast uh, going. I that's that was what made me fall in love with sports and most uh, more than anything attending live games. That instilled in me the need to always have live games of a high quality, high caliber to attend in my life. And then later on, it was baseball. I got really into baseball. Started supporting the Seattle Mariners. Later, the Seattle Seahawks because we obviously don't have baseball or egg shaped football in Portland. So I didn't feel bad about supporting teams from Seattle because I could go up with my dad, drive up and see a game and come back and be home the same day. That's so cool. That so would what be is, like so, the Ken Griffey Jr. era. Yeah, Seattle, yeah. Right? I mean, I, I, I was privileged, blessed to uh, be a part of some really fun eras uh, when I was starting out with both of those teams, the Mariners and the Blazers. Uh, and that just instilled a love of, of sport, of live sport in me. But curiously, strangely, soccer came a lot later. Soccer didn't really 
become a passion until I moved to Mexico. Really? Yeah. Okay. A passion. Because down ever... there, oh, that's okay. yeah, down there, if you, it's the only league that you have that compares to the leagues we have in many sports up here is Liga MX. Mm-hmm. Are there any other professional? There sports are. Team in there, there's there is the Bravos de León baseball. Yeah. Uh, the, the Liga Mexicana is considered a Triple A league, although it really doesn't compare to Triple A, like serious Triple A here in in Major League Baseball, or Minor League Baseball, I should say. It's fun to go to the games, but the quality of play is nothing. And and there is there's basketball too, but even less. I mean, the basketball players in, in the Mexican league, if they can't make it in the NBA, if they can't make it in Europe, if they can't make it in China, if they can't make it in Brazil or Puerto Rico, then maybe they'll play in Mexico. You know? <laughs> wow. So it's a little so further down the peg. It's a little further sure. down the peg. So but Liga Mekis, man. Liga Mekis, it's yeah, it's not Europe or maybe even Brazil or Argentina, but it's high quality. It's high quality, and the atmosphere and the matches is is just something I fell in love with. And having a ch- living in, I don't actually live in León, but I live in Guanajuato City. It's about a forty minute drive. Beautiful. I was just there last week from love, uh, love from León. Yes, my orchestra that I'm playing in is based in Guanajuato City. And how so long I, have you I been there? there? Been there. This is my eighth year. Wow. Oh wow, you've been there living a while. In, yeah. uh, living in living in Guanajuato. I lived in Monterrey for two years prior to that. Didn't become a Tigres fan? I never became a Tigres or Monterrey <laughs> fan. I was oh. just, I was too busy getting adapted to, to living in Mexico and, and, and making my life there to even pay attention to anything like that. So what's the orchestra you play in? Uh, the orchestra I play in is the Orquesta Sinfónica de la Universidad de Guanajuato, or uh, Symphony Orchestra of the University of Guanajuato, yeah. which to people up here would imply a student orchestra, but it's not. Just, well, in the same way that... Pumas de la UNAM or yeah, Tigres de la UANL. It, I mean, they are teams affiliated with a with a major university. Or but, Tecos. Or, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. It, but all of that's really just in name. I right. mean, they're not bound by any restrictions by the university, and, and the university doesn't get any any revenues from them. It's just it's more of a traditional thing at this point to keep using those names. So sort of in the same sense, we are under the umbrella of the University of Guanajuato, but we are a professional orchestra. Right. Were you yeah. doing the same in Monterrey? I was. The yeah. orchestra up there is also the Orquesta Sinfónica de la Universidad Autónoma de Nuevo León. So, so the, te- the same university that technically is the umbrella tigres. of Tigres. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so you, you go to school and then um, you code, then you end up getting a job, right, in Mexico. And you weren't really – did you ever go to Timbers matches or anything like that growing, uh, at any point before you came to Mexico? Not before I came to Mexico, but I actually attended a Timbers match prior to attending my first Leon match live. I attended a Cascadia Cup uh, wow. match in, in uh, 2014 in, at CenturyLink up in Seattle with mm-hmm. my dad. And then a couple of weeks later, I went to my very first Leon match live at, uh, at El Glorioso at Estadio Leon. This was the season right after they had won their second title of their uh, bicampeonato. So their last uh, Liga MX titles were in the Apertura 2013 and Clausura 2014. I went to a match shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. I started watching them a little bit on TV. Prior to that and getting in, I remember watching the, the final of that second title and getting really into it. And it just steadily grew from there. But I did, I, I will say I did go to a Timbers match prior to going to a Leon match for the first time. And how did that compare? Well, going to a Cascadia Cup match was... Right, of course. Was, that, uh, that's why I wanted to ask that question. I mean, there are a few atmospheres. I don't want to go off too many tangents here, but there are a few atmospheres in MLS that can compare. 
but that those Cascadia Cup matches are one of them. A match at the bank is one of them. I mean, there there are a few examples, but there aren't very many. So I maybe you know maybe I, my opinion was uh, skewed a little bit because my first match was a sold out sixty seven thousand strong Cascadia Cup match at CenturyLink Field, and I thought maybe all all Timbers matches after that would be like that. To be fair, going to the ones that I have in Portland have been pretty raucous. We have a pretty good atmosphere. Yeah. In, uh, I say we. My MLS club, of course, is the Portland Timbers, being from Portland. And, and you know, when it's their moment, I get really into them, too. Uh, in addition to Club León, it would be strange if they ever had to play against each other. Yeah. You know, the two leagues are trying to join more and more and more and, and get more matches played between the two leagues. So it could happen in the in the coming years. And your green wardrobe can kind of blend for us. Yeah, right? you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's an easy crossover for sure. Now, I'm curious, um, for those mm-hmm. Cascadia matches, you know, because the, the, the three teams, Vancouver and Portland and Seattle, that, that play together in those matches, um, when it is a game at CenturyLink Field that can accommodate this mass amount of people... Mm-hmm. Do people from Portland have a hard time to get tickets? You know, you can see when there's rivalries that sometimes you see that there are people that don't necessarily always get an opportunity to go watch the game, but because that stadium can hold so many people, does does do they kind of encourage the rivalry by allowing your supporters and things like that to show up? Well, they definitely encourage the rivalry in any way that they can because that's how the league is going to grow. Again, we're not really talking about MLS here, but we're going to talk about it for a second. MLS loves that rivalry, and the clubs love that rivalry. And just like, I think, the El Trafico and... El, don't I mean, these, don't use the T-word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, L- it's the, the L.A. Derby. The L.A. Derby. The L.A. Derby, yes. I mean, as much as um, I don't like the name, it's, mm-hmm. it's here to stay, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately okay. it is. Fine. But, I'll, I'll yeah. refer to it as the L.A. The LA Derby. I mean, <laughs> these things are... These things are great. As much as you hate seeing opposing fans in your stadium yeah. in the in these derbies, that's great for the league and it's great for the clubs just to have yeah. this animosity. As long as it never turns violent, yeah, I think they encourage it. And I think a lot of Timbers fans who uh, don't want to fight tooth and claw and scratch for tickets at Providence Park probably would make the trip up to Seattle where there's more of an opportunity to get tickets. And who is um, Leon's main rival? We don't really have a traditional Clásico anymore. Because Irapuato, which was our traditional rival, geographical rival, they went down since I couldn't even I think at least almost eight, almost ten years. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. They're not even in the Ascenso now, which is the second division. They're they're in like the Liga Premier, which is like the third or even fourth. I, I'm not even sure right now. Although there was just an announcement made that that some investors want to revamp their stadium and invest a lot of money and bring them back to respectability. But you could go back to the 50s and 60s and say that uh, back when Leon and Chivas were winning a bunch of titles back and forth, that their uh, rivalry was more of a Clásico than the the current Clásico Nacional, which is with America. Mm. But all that's kind of fallen by the wayside. Most people don't remember that. That's kind of been lost in history because... There's just been so much uh, yeah. leapfrogging and back and forth between uh, which teams have been and great. And once once Televisa, which is the big uh, national media right. uh, organization conglomerate in Mexico, bought America, then all of a sudden they were the team that everybody was able to see. Right. And teams like Leon kind of just fell by the wayside. All they had were their local supporters. You just couldn't see them uh, in media anymore. So, uh, yeah, we're kind of without a, a Clásico, right? We're, we're, we're without a Derby right now, but we'll see what happens with Irapuato. <laughs> no, speaking of atmospheres and, like, historical following, mm-hmm. why don't you talk about, you know, what your, your perspective was of 
the 32-52 traveling to Leon mm-hmm. and your recap maybe of your observation of that game leading up to the second leg. Well, I was very fortunate. I um, I was just in Guanajuato out uh, for a few beverages on a typical night on the town there. It's a place where everybody's out just having a night on the town. It's just an easy place to, to hang out and socialize and and be merry. I was just out at a, a pub that I go to regularly and I ran into an LAFC fan. Well, he actually started talking to me because he saw my hat. Not this one, but one like this. I have a ton of New Era uh, Leon caps. <laughs> For those of you not watching your speakers, uh, <laughs> our guest is wearing a Leon hat. Nice yes, hat. wearing a hat like this. And he was just there having doing a mezcal tasting with my friend who runs this pub. And uh, we got into this great conversation and made friends and ended up going around uh, to a few more places that night. And then I went out again the next night to the same place, saw him. With a few more travelers, uh, including uh, Joseph. Joseph Zacker. Joseph Zacker, yes. I ran into Joseph Zacker. Shout so out to him. So it's funny. You can actually yeah. hear about the Mezcal tasting on the FCFC pod that yeah. just launched today as well, too, because they did a live recording during that exact same Mezcal tasting. So yes. Uh, small sh- world boss cr- cross pod. Uh, shout out to jo- to Joseph Zacker. He's a, he's a, uh, a good dude, and he brought up just a little group of uh, fans with him to, to Guanajuato to check check it out. And they were all in that same pub along with Justin, the other fellow who I'd met the night before. Sorry to Joseph. He had invited me to, to be on his podcast and I wasn't able to. But um, It's okay. We stole you. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to those guys. And, and, and then so through meeting all of those folks, they told me where the pregame party was going to be uh, in Leon because of one of the other – Fellas in the group, his cousin owns a Leon theme bar, and they had opened their doors to the pregame party for for LAFC uh, the the day of the match. So they told me this is where we're going to be. This is the, at this time, and 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 drop by. And then I drop by. I expected to see maybe twenty or thirty people. There were probably about two hundred. It's just funny. I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I'm a fairly recognizable face in the in the Leon community just because I'm not a. I don't have the face of a typical Leon supporter. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm tweeting out every time I go to every stadium in the Republica to see Leon play. And so I've become fairly recognizable. So people in there in the bar recognize me for being uh, being part of Leon. Like, ah, Fiero Viajero, eres tú, ¿verdad? Sí, yes, uh, it's me. Your Spanish uh, is fantastic, by the way. Thanks, man. But the bar was packed with LAFC fans. Just having a, a, a grand old time. I'd heard it was going to be a thousand people. I was like, nah, no way. It's a thousand people, but it was a thousand people. And so I was just hanging out, you know, saw all the people that I met prior and uh, just having a wonderful time. Just a, everything about it was a truly positive atmosphere uh, from my perspective. I don't know from your guys' perspective. You, were you all there? No, I was the only one, unfortunately, okay. from the three of us who could make it down there. Yeah. I arrived Sunday prior to the match, very early in the morning, and then left late the following day after the match. Every single Leon fan I met, hospitable. Yeah. Had a wonderful time. I yeah, I, I don't know where this animosity they tried to build up came from. Yeah, I mean, animosity in a sporting sense. I mean, you got to have that. Otherwise, it's not fun when you win or lose or, or painful when you lose. But in terms of the human aspect of it, no, it was my experience with it was was very I mean, I was I was a lonely on not lonely on fan. I brought a buddy with me, but we were the only two like. Just a few Leon fans. It was in a Leon theme bar, but we were in a sea of LAFC, mm-hmm. and uh, it was just a, it was it was an it was an, an overwhelmingly positive experience from my perspective. And then when I when I left there, drove to the stadium to get there early to take in all the vibe, and I actually got 
delayed a little bit by the march, the LAFC march to the stadium, <laughs> my, my approach driving into where I park. It was conspicuous, wasn't it? it? Yeah. The route. Was, was blocked off by by the police escort of, of, of your fans to the to the visiting section. It was more of a marathon, less of a march. But yeah, yeah. No, yeah. But he said that there. Uh, so Jonathan was there in that yeah. march, and he said that if they would have been able to just walk straight to the stadium, mm-hmm. it would have been like a five minute walk. Yeah. Well, I guess that the security had made them like go this roundabout way that took almost forty five minutes. No, it I took an hour, oh. hour and fifteen minutes yeah. for us to walk to the stadium the direction they took us. Yeah, when I saw where you guys were starting from, that it shouldn't have taken that long. <laughs> no. It was a yeah. block away from the stadium, and we walked miles yeah. before we got to the stadium. So, long story short, I both intentionally and unintentionally got about as caught up uh, in in the LAFC Leon experience uh, from an LAFC fan perspective as as one could could get uh, being a Leon fan, and it was overwhelmingly positive. I I mean, you know, this talk about this all around. Uh, world football, how passionate your fans are and how quickly you've all come together. The team's only been playing since 2018 and they've got a fan base of a club that, that's been around for a lot longer. And, uh, I mean, they came out in force. It's funny, this was... The decade is not very old, but this is the most important match of the decade for both clubs. Right. And the atmosphere, at least in leg one, uh, fit the bill, fit the description just amazingly, and I don't expect anything less in leg two. As a person who's attended a lot of games there mm-hmm. in Leon, what was the atmosphere in that game like, say, compared to uh, a Chivas or an America or a Tigres? I mean, blew away any regular season match, uh, hands down. Blew away. I mean, for example, three days later, I, I went to the next league match, which was against Nekaksa. It was at a weird hour. Not a particularly high-profile opponent, and the atmosphere wasn't nearly the same. When we get to Ligias, so the playoff, the the eliminatory stages of, of Liga MX, and it's against a big club. I mean, I remember we made the final and lost a couple years ago, or uh, two seasons, three seasons ago. And uh, that semifinal leg two against America was pretty lit. But I'm, I guess that's what I would say it compares to. It compares to a, a, a playoff match against, against a high-profile club. I was astonished. I thought Tuesday night at 9 p.m., yeah, you know, fans aren't going to come out for that, even if it is Vela, even if it is Conca Champions. But man, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, I and I thought, no, LAFC fans can't aren't going to travel to a Tuesday Champions League game. to a Tuesday Champions League game. I was wrong, and I was pleasantly surprised. Well, and and I mean, to that same respect, how many did you say you heard are traveling uh, from Leon to? Uh, Los Angeles? I didn't read. You had said 1,600 or something like that. So I saw a report out of Leon from the same newspaper, Adia, in Leon, that reported 1,600 fans were traveling together from their supporters group, the name of which is... Los Locos de Arriba. Yeah, you say that much better than I do. Los Locos de Arriba. Is that Los because Locos of the altitude? De arriba? The altitude? Is that what well, it is? High up in the tribuna. You oh, know, okay. Like high, ab- high above... Um, in the, in the stands, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got it. So um, I heard I heard 1,600 were traveling from Leon here. Now, we know the same newspaper reported that only 500 LAFC fans went down there. So we already know that their ability to estimate numbers is somewhat shady. But 
if it's close to the thousand that came up here, I think that would be wonderful from an environment standpoint. Plus, all the supporters of Leon in the United States that will likely be coming, it's going to be a lot, I think, of green which, there. Which is interesting because I think that there's a lot of MLS domestic matches that you don't even get half of that number of fans that come into the bank. And you try and think about like the 200 section where our typical supporters would sit. And I mean, I, I can't even imagine what a thousand fans in that section would look like. Just yeah, be- well, I mean, I would say the same in, in, in Liga Amekis, even when it's a relatively big club that's that's coming, you don't you don't notice the visiting fans as much as when LAFC came. Yeah. It's a Champions League game, too. Yeah. And it's a bigger moment. I, mean, I know that we travel well, Yeah, but if it's, you know, a rivalry game, we I, do try to take over, like San Jose or... I guess it's also Galaxy. different because this is our first Champions League Ma- right home match yeah. right so it's like we i had no idea what to necessarily expect especially because there's the international travel right mm-hmm. if it it's not so much like a playoff game where you know you could catch a domestic flight or whatever like this is it's there's an extra layer here to right. the traveling so i just i yes, guess i, I mean, just didn't know what to necessarily expect there are certainly well i don't yeah i mean and there are elements of our fan base who would love to make the trip but aren't aren't, aren't able, able to, to that's true. right for well, any, same any, same here any, yeah yeah <laughs> same here yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. 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 Actually, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, For all you know, the same one reasons. Of the, <laughs> one of the sad, but I mean, it was beautiful in the moment to see these people, but there were member- many members of the LAFC community who are sadly now in Mexico and can't come back. And we got to see a lot of them at the game as well, too. So there was a bit of reunion of sorts with many of of some people that I'm very close with personally, of people that I got to see that are now, uh, you know, I hate to use the word stuck, but in Mexico and can't come back that we got to see at the game as well, too. So there was was that element in the experience for us as well, too. That's a layer I hadn't thought of you. I mean, you you, you hear of uh, plenty of fans of Liga MX clubs uh, in the U.S. who've lived here for a long time. But it, I don't know. I guess you just don't think of MLS clubs having fans in 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 in. You don't think of it right. in, in reverse. That's interesting. That's an element, a layer I hadn't thought of. It didn't. Yeah. I mean, for obvious reasons, you know, it's not something that was talked about much. But yeah. it certainly took place. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What did you think of the actual match? Well, obviously, <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm happy with the result in terms of run of play. Pretty much like I expected it to. Right. You can be honest. Yeah. Please do. Yeah, Please yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> Trust us, we definitely were disappointed with their performance last so we'll week just, when we yeah, talked about it. Preface this by saying most fans in the LAFC community would say that this is arguably one of the worst games we've ever seen from a performance standpoint from our own players. And there's a lot of grief about how CONCACAF lines up with the MLS schedule because this being our first competitive game of the season, we have players who have not yet played a full 90 playing and players who have never even played together on the same team that took place in this match. So there's a lot of frustration from the LAFC community about the timing and the performance. So I'm curious how that translated from the Leon perspective. Yeah, obviously that is a major, major talking point. Form is is, is the biggest uh, discussion topic in this whole thing. But I'd like to think uh, that, that Leon still would have been the better team if both everything being equal. I mean, the gap between the two leagues, I think, is still noticeable. Oh, it is. I agree with that. Not in terms of, like, schedules and calendars and which teams on form when. Just like, for example, Leon is not... I mean, the casual Liga MX follower, not even follower, but someone who's heard of Liga MX knows even the slightest thing about it. Leon is probably not even the eighth team that comes to mind. But you're talking about a team that has three, four, five, six guys, Mena, Meneses, Sosa... Even Leo Ramos, 
William Tecillo, Pedro Aquino, who else? Fernando Navarro Chapo Montes. All of these guys could be DPs, to put it in, in MLS terminology, right. uh, an MLS perspective to people who are only familiar with that. Uh, all of these guys could be designated players in MLS. They're not big names, not guys anybody's ever heard of. But they're the, they're the type of designated mm. player that would maybe get to a smaller market club and people would be like, who? Yeah. yeah. And then and then they make an enormous noticeable difference right, right. away. Kind of know? like the Diego Rossi did for us, where yeah. he was unknown and then he was one of our designated mm-hmm. players and now he's yeah. a household name. That's a good right. point. That's a good way to frame it. So think about that, but seven or eight players. Right. for Not just our team, but, but every team. I mean, and in Liga MX, you... You have center backs who can get into the attack and score off the run of play, not just off set pieces. You have uh, defensive midfielders with an aerial game who can get in and, and, and head in a goal. I mean, yeah. you just have – it's not that the players are all better, but they can in general do more things. They're more dangerous in a, more, in a, in a wider variety of ways. And I think, I think you bring up good points. And a big part of it is the salary cap, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. There is, there is, there's none in Mexico. It doesn't exist. It right? doesn't exist. So they it can, is a free market approach. They can pay more players yeah. what MLS clubs can only p- pay three, frankly. I right. mean, in that form, yeah, form form played. I'm not going to say form didn't play a role. Yeah. I mean, it certainly played a role. I think the match would have been more even, might have had a different result if both teams were in the middle of their calendar. I think LAFC got a little overwhelmed by the not only the form but by the, the quality of a uh, – of our players in our roster. I mean, we just have we just have guys who can do a lot of things who are skilled multiple yeah. positions. I mean, I will make this comment that what you're what you're describing Leon's team to be like from mm-hmm. 1 through 11, at least, you know, 1 through 10. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what Bob is trying to do. It's mm-hmm. a more fluid approach, right? We do have new players that haven't played in this kind of system and a lot of them that were in the pre-qualifiers for the Olympic games down in South America that didn't necessarily play. So I think you're making a good point that midseason it's more of a game. Mm-hmm. Is Leon probably 1 through 11 better? Yeah. If we get our best versus Leon's best, it's probably a slim margin. 2-0 was still I think a kind result oh, yes. based uh, on the chances. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that would be that was going to be my next point. Yeah. I think Leon Dominated might not be the right word, but they 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 certainly imposed their will to a degree on that match. Right. I mean, they looked like they, it looked like it was coming easy to them at at, at many points. They were uh, more efficient, I think. They were more efficient, and uh, LAFC's chances were dangerous, but they had very few of them. Right? Uh, yeah, I, know, I, I do um, also think that the altitude was a factor in it, also, and that the fact that the um, LAFC arrived as late into the uh, as in close to the game as they did, whereas there wasn't a lot of time to acclimate. I think. I think that there is also another layer of of an advantage for Leon because that's that's oh absolutely yeah less than thirty hours to kickoff is when the players arrived right so I mean there are oh, all yeah. these things all these things that weigh in on how the yeah. game played out but one hundred percent at the end of the day I do feel also I agree with you Louis mm-hmm. that Leon as a significant advantage just simply on the way that their team is able to be put together and how you would put it you know there could be seven or eight designated players on a team yeah. You know, and but at the same time, they're kind of like the Moneyball A's of uh, of Liga MX. I mean, they're yeah. they're a team that's very much greater than the sum of their parts. I agree. Or, I mean, Nacho Ambriz is... Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a great... He's been a... Godsend is kind of a strong word, but considering the managers that came before him uh, in recent seasons, I mean, they did, no one could stick, and nobody was happy with any of them, and he comes in and just transforms them into, into a... 
power and and just the way they built the team. Angel Mena, our, our goal scorer, who unfortunately will not play on Thursday, but he came off of a free transfer from Cruz Azul, That's where crazy. he wasn't even playing, and then the very next season is the top scorer in Liga MX and is and is the current top scorer in Liga MX again. And he's not even really a goal scorer. I mean, they just find ways to make these these guys uh, succeed. Right. And it's been it's been a joy to watch because I've been I'm approaching 200 matches attended of, oh, wow. of Club León between Copa, uh, Liga friendlies, and now uh, Conca Champions as well. Um, yeah. And I've endured some pretty frustrating stretches. Right. So, but these last 14, 15 months have just been a joy to watch with Ambriz. We have yet to get any hardware out of them. So uh, the team is um, feeling a lot of pressure in this Conca Champions, I think, to... Uh, One thing to mention, like if, if yeah. you put put it in like European perspective, mm-hmm. Nacho Ambriz would, would have gotten the title in Europe, right? Because yes. he's been, or Leon have been the most consistent over the last few seasons yeah. in terms of points and where they finish. It just can't, once they get into the Liga or the tournament, they're unable to you know advance and get that just the system, the way the competition is set up. We can't call ourselves the best team of the past year and a half because we don't have any hardware. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, and lay claim to being the best team. We, we can't say that. But the team that has played the most consistently, most consistently well, most consistently quality football, I mean, I think those are two different things. Right. The, being the best team and being the team that's been the, been the most consistent over a period of time. I mean, we can lay claim to that. And I think the funny thing is, I think if LAFC had, I know you guys don't fit this description. I saw a lot of, I can't help but read, you know, the Facebook comments sure. and stuff on the pages. I saw a lot of ignorant stuff. Oh, Leon's, Leon's not. They're they're not even like top anything uh, of the Mexican clubs. You know, we're gonna we're gonna beat them easy. I think if you guys had drawn any of the other three teams in the in the in the competition, they'd be like, oh, we're not beating any of these guys. Not paying attention to like the team's run of form over the past however length of time. I think just the panache of being a team that is always talked about in Liga MX clubs. I mean, Cruz Azul, America, and Tigres are teams that are talked about a lot more, not just uh, on the continent, but worldwide than Leon is. And so people who are just the casual observers thought, oh no, Leon, we got a shot. Well, Leon might be the best, on the best run of form of any of the Liga MX clubs that are in the competition right now. And I think... um, Especially leading up to this game. And and I think that I think that showed, yeah, I mean, LAFC drew the toughest matchup in the opening round, but so did Leon. If you look at the other team the teams that the other Liga Mekis clubs are playing, not that they had better results against them, but on paper, I mean they had much easier matchups than we did. So I like to think that that speaks to our quality as well, that we were able to have the result that we did. Also I feel like the other MLS clubs in the competition had better opening legs, um, obviously against weaker competition. But uh, I, th- I like to think that the result speaks to our quality. But I will say, man, I would have been happy with ha- much happier with at least one more. You know? <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of chances for Leon. There were a ton of chances. Yeah. I can think of at least two or three that I'm I'm still shaking my head over. Yeah. Well, but I I feel the same yeah. way with the two clear ones we oh, had. Absolutely. I'm like yeah. put them on frame at least. The like, one the it. one road goal would have been huge. Yeah, yeah. and I think or hold, turn, or holding them to one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, holding them to one and not giving up that one in the last 10 minutes or getting a road goal yeah. uh, and, and ending 2-1 to one would have been massive, huge. Yeah. The one thing LAFC fans seem to be hanging their hat on at this point in time, well, just to go back a second, I would say that, you know, look, don't judge us by Facebook comments, please. Okay. <laughs> like, no, but I, I think most of us were aware that Leon was arguably the best team in Liga MX and 
and we knew that statistically their performance was above and okay so look maybe they didn't win that little tournament at the end of the season but we knew you guys had had the most points in, in both Clausura and Apertura in the last yeah. year leading up to it so that was that was pretty well discussed but like the one thing LAFC fans have been hanging their hat on is that both goals scored in leg one were the direct result of you know playground mistakes by our players right I mean Blackman slips and falls El Munir does whatever he did to cough up that ball for the second goal to go in. And so I think LAFC fans are like, well, you know, in run of play, we didn't really give up an honest goal. We gave up two very poor goals because of very obvious mistakes. And I'm curious if that, because in speaking to some Leon fans after the game, they were somewhat frustrated that those were the only two goals they scored, if that is We were definitely theme. frustrated that those were the only two goals we scored because we know, I mean, again, there are a lot of... I don't want to say clueless. I don't want to say despistado, but there are a lot of there are a lot of folks in our fan base who don't really know what they're talking about on social media. Same. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, I think we're all safe to that's say international. Um, <laughs> but the people who do know what they're talking about are of the opinion: yes, it's a good result, probably yeah, a fair enough representation, regardless of the exa- the specific plays on which the goals fell was a pretty adequate representation of how the game a representation of the game itself but yeah we were we were, we know what kind of team those of us who know know what team kind of team LAFC is at home i mean we're not going it's not going to be a different team but they're going to come out with a different energy right. and they're going to play different con- different confidence different intensity well with the twisted it might be a different team but i'm but yeah. very curious to think what are your predictions or what are you expecting to see in the second leg of this I'm looking forward to seeing the body language of, of our players uh, coming out because... What's if, your fear level, 1 to 10? Uh, I'll go with a 4.5. Okay, that's, I'll take it. <laughs> um, mainly because I don't think they're going to keep us off the scoreboard. And if we get on the scoreboard... We got to put uh, in three. Yeah, yeah. Especially early. Like that, that, that changes things completely. An early goal from Leon is a it's dagger. Four. Four. Yeah, four. You have You'd to have to put in four. four. We need four. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Correct. Excuse <laughs> me. We have to win by three. Yeah. 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 What's the story behind Angel Which is doable. Mena? Yeah, yeah. Which is doable. We <laughs> have is. scored four before. Yeah. But Many times. What's the story with Angel Mena not making the trip? Well, I mean, he's got heavy legs right now. He has been the one guy who hasn't sat out any of these last uh, three matches, or four or five. No, three including the Conca Champions match and the one prior. Look, Leon is not a team like Tigres or, or Monterrey or America that has two quality starting 11s uh, ready to go at any given time. I mean, we got we to gotta find a way to get guys rest. That's uh, also something we have in common. Now, this is interesting that probably a lot of LAFC fans haven't thought about or MLS fans haven't thought about in general. MLS clubs are just dying, itching for competitive football right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to see competitive matches. They want to they play as much as possible to get in, as, in form as quickly as possible. <laughs> Liga MX clubs are looking, especially the ones that have to uh, play Liga and Conca Champions, are just looking for a break right now. They're looking for a chance to rest their legs. Uh, they're playing too much competitive football right now. And for a, cl- a team like Leon, that's not one of the... Um, they don't have the highest payroll. They don't have, they don't have two full squads. They depend... On a lot of guys to play a lot of minutes and get really heavy legs. And uh, so in our last match against Necaxa and League, Chapo Montes and Fernando Navarro did not play. They are two of our stalwarts. And the match before that, some other guys were, were getting rest. I mean, they're, they're looking for any way they can 
to get guys uh, guys' legs a little bit fresher. Well, our season opens on Sunday, so we have mm-hmm. the game on Thursday, yeah, and then just two days yeah. off before our season opens. You know, against Miami. Well, that's the thing. I mean, we the fighting Beckhams. The fight. We the we Martians we play, in flamingos clothing. We play LAFC on Thursday here, obviously. Then we fly back and play Chivas in Guadalajara on Sunday. A game that cannot be a throwaway match. The match prior against Atlético San Luis, the match prior to uh, to to our matchup of the the leg one against LAFC, that was a match we could throw away, and they did. But going against Chivas, we cannot. I mean, there's just too much at stake from an emotional and personal standpoint when you go up against a big club on their turf like that. We need to be ready for that match too. So it was reported that Mena has some. Muscular issues, some cramps, whatever, just from fatiguing. He's just played too much in the yeah. in the past few matches. So they're like, you know what? He's not going to make the trip. I'm a little worried, not worried, but concerned that that means they're gonna they're gonna style. they're gonna park the bus and not and not go for that goal that really puts the series away. So if it ends two O L A F C and we go to PKs, what uh-huh. are you thinking? How you feel? <laughs> I don't want that at all. No, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm thinking I like Rodolfo Cota and goal more than I don't even know who Vermeer. the name Kenneth of your starting keeper Vermeer. right now. Yeah, uh, you changed changed him out. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm liking that, but I don't want it to come to that. I definitely do not want it to come to that. No, I'm hoping. That's what I'm saying. When I'm, I want, I'm curious to see the body language of our club. If we're looking like we're going to go out and get it. We're wanting to go out and get it and and, and put the pressure on early and and get one, sneak one in and change the whole narrative early. Because the longer it stays 0-0, well, the longer it stays 0-0, the, 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 the more nervous we're going to be uh, that they're going to... I should say, the longer it stays the, the, it stays 0 on our side of the scoreboard, like LAFC is going to think they have a chance. As soon as we put one in, that's just going to change things completely. I, I don't honestly don't see LAFC scoring four on Leon under any circumstances ever, anywhere, anytime. But especially not right now when they're still not at their peak so I think scoring one early is really would really help us, whether it be a PK or just a you know a sloppy giveaway. Anything in the first fifteen minutes. The first fifteen minutes are going to be key because I think LAFC is going to come out with all the fire that they can. They they want to they want to put the pressure on. They want to get one in early so that all of a sudden the story changes in their favor. Um, if it's one 0 Leon at halftime, I think LA is somewhat forced at that point to save players for Sunday. Yeah, we kind of can't throw it at so. them. I mean, I think everyone in the stadium and every fan is going to want to keep throwing it at it. But if we're down and they have, if it's if it's one nil lay on at halftime and or we got to score one, four one. in the second half, yeah. I think at know. the 60th minute you shut it down because yeah. if you nick, you know, one back at well, the beginning of the second half. Yes, but the 60th and 70th minute is when all these MLS clubs who aren't in form are really their their heavy legs are really starting to show. Which is which is why I made that comment. So it yeah, it'll depend on what the score. I think it'll depend on what the scoreline is at that time. There was a statistic in Concacaf Champions where it's like after the 80th minute, MLS teams have been outscored like seven to one. Yeah, Uh, it's like some out just outrageous number of late goals that MLS teams have given up in the current Concacaf. You know, that's set crazy. Up. Yeah, that's because the teams just starting. I mean, it makes not... sense in a way, but but that's crazy. I think yeah, yeah Montreal was up two zero, gave up two in the eightieth plus minutes. Yeah. Well, we're running a little long, so before we wrap up today, we do have one last question that mm-hmm. we'd like to hear your answer. It being the name of the show, shoulder to shoulder, and a theme that is consistent throughout the world of football, we'd like to hear from the Leon perspective. <laughs> what does shoulder to shoulder mean to you? Well, I'm a traveling fan. I mean, my my hashtag Fiero Viajero means traveling. Leon, in a way, manner of speaking, traveling Leon fan. 
So uh, it means being shoulder to shoulder in, in hostile territory, you know, quote unquote hostile territory uh, with with friendly fans, you know. Uh, and and uh, I almost enjoy the away matches more for that reason because of the camaraderie feels like it holds more weight when there's fewer of you, <laughs> you know, and you're really depending on that on that support. And then you see that you you you're you're peppered around the stands. You're just a few here and there because I, I don't go with the supporter section uh, generally to the road games. I just get a ticket where I can get a better view of the match. But if I see like a supporting fan there with me and I know he's with me you know in in heart and spirit and shoulder <laughs> you know he's I'm with friends I know I, I when I see another Leon fan in a in a in an away match I'm with friends I'm shoulder to shoulder with friendly supporters you know <laughs> well I have to say you know the Leon supporters were so welcoming to me when I was down there in Leon <laughs> if pre-game you want to come over to our tailgate area at Christmas tree lane reach out to us beers on me okay because, I appreciate uh, that I, you know, I think we I were, will we were see treated. how early I can convince my folks. My folks are here in L.A. with me. Oh, nice. They flew down from Portland to meet up with me. Obviously, I'm living in Mexico, and they're in Portland. We don't get a ton of chances to hang out <laughs> and, and have family vacations anymore. So they're they're here with me. So as early as I can convince them to, to go down to, 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 the, to the stadium, uh, I think I'll take you up on that. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, let us know. Yeah. But again, thank you very much for coming out and making time for us while you're here out with your family on vacation and... and you know, it, it really means a lot that, uh, you know, you made time for us. So I appreciate it. Thank uh, you. It's a family vacation for them, maybe. But my main purpose being here <laughs> is this match. I I, uh, I I couldn't be more stoked about this. It's, I think the atmosphere is just going to is going to be just as electric or more uh, than it was in Leon. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to hearing your impressions. Yeah. So. Well, maybe we'll have to call you after the match and, and get some post game from you. So, any of you who would like to follow Louis, it's Louis Olnick. You can find him on Twitter at L O U I S R S O L E N I C K. You can give a listen to the Lions Den podcast. It is an English podcast about Club Leon. Every they... Monday, 6 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Central. And uh, what platforms is it on? Is uh, it on we, like... we live stream on YouTube. Uh, we always make the link available on our Twitter, and then it's available, uh, the audio um, transcript is available in Apple Podcasts the next day. And you can follow them at the Lion's Den Podcast or the English Club Leon account you run at Club Leon EN, the, the unofficial English podcast. And the hashtag I put in every one of my Twitter posts is hashtag Fiero Viajero, uh, F-I-E-R-O, V-I-A-J-E-R-O. If you search for that hashtag, you will find all of my Twitter posts. And I got one last quick question for you. What's your favorite classical musician, artist, composer? (laughs) That's a tough one. I'm a big fan of Gustav Mahler, I have to say. I love playing his symphonies. Uh, Always great uh, trombone parts, trombone writing. Gedichte des Mahlers. And, uh, I mean, I, I, that's the one that comes to mind right now. There are so many. It's hard to pick just one, but that's the one I, that comes to mind right now. Oh, perfect. I put you on the spot. It's a great yeah. answer. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming. Um, on behalf of sound engineer Wilton, who took an injury uh, and couldn't come <laughs> with us today, Christian, Chris, myself, thank you, sir, so much for coming. No, thank you guys for having me. And with that, Take us home, Sticks. Shoulder to shoulder, together this our culture. Feel the force of a supernova. Stay fly in that FC dorsum. Hey, shopping down to Nikki's, Koreatown Liddy. Cape us so mommy, about to drop her fifth. They want me to stop, but I ain't. Come to my house, I'll defend that bank.